Hello, my name is Tammy, and welcome to my podcast. I just wanted to give you a little bit of background before we get started. I'm a Colorado native. I've always been interested in true crime, ever since I was a kid reading True Detective magazines, which some of you may not remember. I've always seen that the biggest victims in crime always appear to be women. That isn't saying that women are the only victim, but they seem to be the largest among victims. And I have loved the podcast I've listened to about true crime and wanted to participate in those podcasts as well. I did want to add a little bit of change to my podcast, and here's what it is. I'll have scenarios documented, and there'll be clues provided. And it will be up to you, based on these clues, to decide who the perpetrator is. This is based on serial killer history. And any true crime aficionado who loves to to solve crimes may enjoy participating in this. But ultimately, the true reason would be to sharpen your deduction skills. Because perpetrators are always sharpening their deduction skills to take on new victims. With that in mind, let's get started. One thing I'd like to add before we do get started is this is going to always be an adult content podcast. And for some adults, this may not be a good podcast for them to listen to either. If this is not the subject matter of your toy choice, please do not hesitate to skip this video or come back at a later time. Thank you. And let's get into it now. The game is afoot. Hello, Trues Cruz aficionados. I hope you're being safe out there, paying attention to life's Trues Clues around you. And tonight, my show is going to be a little bit different. As I said in the beginning, I usually like to provide clues, make you think a little bit, maybe put what you know about true crime to the test and see how that all works out. And then in the second episode, I'll reveal who the perpetrator is. And up to date, I don't think I've been that difficult about it. Um, A lot of the perpetrators have been definitely uh, high-profile criminals and easy enough to follow if you follow just the regular news even. But tonight, um, I wanted to get into a genre of online dating, and we'll specifically talk about Tinder dating. And the reason why is because Tinder is used a lot for hookup and provides the location of the user. The problem is that women are often looking for something and men are often looking to have sex. And if they just have to look and see where you are, see your picture, know what you look like, um, that can put a woman at a disadvantage if you're not agreeing to a hookup or to a meetup with a certain individual. And that could be problematic. There is a thing called the dark triad, and there's personality traits. Examples would be Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. 
that makes up the triangle for this dark triad personality. And social sexuality as well correlates for the type of people that use Tinder. I imagine there's women and men that do it, but a lot of men. The results reveal that Tinder users had higher scores on the dark triad of traits and social sexually compared to non-users. Also, Tinder users with higher scores on the dark triad and social sexually significantly showed greater motivation to use Tinder for short-term mating. However, there was no significant relationship with Tinder use and motivation for a long-term mating. Do you get that? They're just looking for a hookup, but then they're also looking for somebody that's weaker than them. And they know that they can find it here because they're basically looking to hit it and beat it. Users with higher scores are people that you shouldn't trust. And a lot of times women are often asked for sexual favors even before someone has said hello. And even before someone has said their actual name. I know if you've been on Facebook or any of these other dating sites, there's always those creepos out there and do, that do that to you. And they're easy enough to block and get rid of. You don't even have to respond to them. Unfortunately, you do have to see the picture or whatever that goes along with it. Um, in this instance, they just come at you and be talking some crazy-ass smack right out the door. These messages proliferate across platforms and do affect both men and women, but women seem to be disproportionately affected by these. And generally, one study showed cisgender, heterosexual, and bisexual men seldom express concerns about their personal safety while using these dating apps, while women had a far higher concern why their interactions like these are affecting them and why they're allowed to perpetuate because everybody knows women don't like that. Well, part of the answer lies in the way these platforms are policied, both by the companies who make them as well as the larger government structure. Accountability? Huh. It's very easy for the abusers to delete the proof and block the victim and Tinder will do le very little to assist a victim. They want to act like these type of things never happen on their site. Tinder, for instance, has introduced machine learning to detect abusive messages in language and then ask the writer to reconsider the message before sending it. I probably, they probably even get more raunchy at that point in time. And has to have... Um, the user agree, and they'll go ahead and send it anyway. The only thing that we have at our disposal on Tinder is the block button. In order to block someone, you have to experience their negativity of that action before you can block them. One of the biggest user concerns is sexual violence that can occur when users meet up in person. This is exactly why I'm doing it like 
a bunch of stuff all at one time instead of breaking it down by case by case. Because when I went in there to start my study about it, I happened to see um, a 60-minute show, which raised my concern. They wasn't talking about murder in a certain degree, but other stuff as well. And so when I started looking into it, there was just so much out there, it was hard for me to pick one case to go with it. Because a few of these cases are popular, and I don't know if everybody's heard about them, but we'll get there. Even though there is an uptick of female dating app users taking precautions such as charging their phones, informing their family and friends of their plans, who the daters are, um, where they're going to go, uh, many remain vulnerable to sexual violence. Match Group, which owns about 45 dating apps, yes, 45 dating apps, only screens sex offenders on its paid-for apps. Let me repeat that again. Only screens for sex offenders on its paid-for apps, not the free platforms like Tinder, OkCupid, and Hinge. But there is also a loophole in the Internet Law, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which dictates sites cannot be held accountable for harm that comes to third parties through their platforms. Of course, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, money that isn't held for, um, to task for abusive interactions, and it's incumbent on these platforms to introduce measures such as the ones Tinder and Bumble have implemented not only implement them, but get stronger about it. You're putting a lot of people at risk, and then you just want to act like the only people to be concerned about are the people that pay for it. Most of these people are not paying on the apps. That's why they go to these free apps. They want to feel, I guess, free and frivolous about finding love, and they don't want to feel like they have to pay for it. The BBC contacted six different online apps, but all of them declined to be interviewed. Men have to be informed about how their actions are forget affecting the users with whom they communicate. Men drastically underestimate the impact of their abuse. Ingrained notions about gender roles and often misogynistic social attitudes must be dissolved for the larger process of women to be safe out there to take place, which means women need to step, stop and step up, stop accepting these kinds of interactions at the price of doing business. I know how difficult that is because, you know, women have had to put up with men coming on to them throughout their whole lives, maybe incest or maybe rape, all kinds of different things, and you're trying to get past that into the world of dating. But you have to have a larger capacity of what you will accept out of a guy. Just because you've been put through things before doesn't mean you have to continue to be put through things. Make it your business not to put up with crap out of anybody. And this is for men and women in general, because I know this happens to both people. So, once you start stepping up for yourself, which I believe a lot of women are doing, 
and a lot of women are still finding out that there's dangerous situations that you can be easily put into without realizing. Even though 80% of the users say they are looking for long-term relationship, Tindermore is a hook it and look it. Dating app. Most of these matches ignite and burn out after a month. 13% of users reported relationships lasting longer than Tinder has been around. Only 13%. Is that the reason why is that Tinder can encourage compulsive use. Average users spend 35 minutes a day on Tinder. And it gets kind of addicting even when you're on the regular websites. You always want to look and see what new meat is out there what's cuter what you might be missing and it is addicting it combines compulsive smartphone use with ego gratification so that if you're vulnerable to either of these things then you're going to be vulnerable what tinder has available for you tinder is appearance-based and it is tricky too anyone can post a fake photo or an old photo and you won't know it until you meet them face to face. And that is true on regular dating sites. When they first came up, I used to date a lot um, just to stay busy. I wasn't looking for relationships or sex. Um, just to have adult conversation and get out and do adult things. You know, when you're between relationships and kind of feeling lonely but not ready to commit to anything yet. So I had met a guy, and we used to talk, and we wanted to get together and maybe be regular dancing partners that went out to the clubs and enjoyed dancing. He was friendly, but I didn't feel a romantic spark. I don't think he did either. So I did all the safe things that you're supposed to do. Let people know my phone is charged. Go to a place in the, in the middle of the afternoon in public. Meet him at this really cute bar in Morrison, Colorado, and um, walk in there. There's like three people in there because it's a really small town. And I'm looking around thinking, well, where the hell is this gentleman at? He must not be here yet. So I sit at the counter and I'm ordering a coffee. And lo and behold, that jerk was already there but had posted a picture of himself online, I guess from 20 fucking years ago because he had black hair in the picture and he was salt and peppery and old and fat when I seen him. It didn't matter to me. I went ahead and talked to him. We got along fine. But like I said, I wasn't looking for anything romantic. But the thing is, I think women have a tendency to be a little more honest about it. But we take care of ourselves a lot more. And as we age, we may not look our best. But you have to accept the fact that you're going to have to look like that in front of a person sooner or later. And 30% of Tinder users are married. But whether their spouses know they're on the online dating app or not is another matter. And scammers thrive on online dating pool. Let me remind you of the Nigerian love scam. What did I say? Nigerian love scam. Although that scam is all over the world now because I guess they found it so profitable that scammers all over the world are taking advantage of it. And uh, think about using a temporary phone number or one of those computer apps where you can put your phone number out there and you don't have to put out your real information because narcissists are very good at following up and finding out about you and making that shit work for them so with all of that being said let's get into this first case that i have here the first case that i have is a 
um, person whose name is Sydney Luth. And she was a really cute, looked like really nice woman, really friendly woman, and she was on Tinder. She met what she thought was a really cute, really nice other woman and went on a couple of dates with her, was loving the fact that things were going well. And then um, they decided to go out on a third day. And she posted a selfie of herself before she was going on the date, like, hey, going out on a date, I'm going to have a good time. I've been out a few times with this person, and I'm so excited to see him again. Little did she know that that would be her last date and her last day on earth. Two people would later be charged with the murder of Luth, a 24-year-old Lincoln, Nebraska, whose body was found dismembered in garbage bags and thrown into the field of Bailey. A man, Bosley, 24, and the woman she was going out with, Aubrey Trail, 51, are currently being held in custody in Saline County, waiting for first-degree murder and improper disposal of human remains that must be for the dismemberment of the poor girl. Luf's last picture was via Snapchat on November 8th with the, con the caption saying how she was excited for the date. And friends and family had been talked to about her looking forward to this date as well. And then she did not show up for work at Home Improvement. And her car was still in the driveway of her home. Her mom knew something was up. She reported her missing November 16th. Her re remains were discovered on December 4th. A friend was the last one to hear from her directly. Text you, texted me, and told me about the date when she gets back. And how great it was. And how excited she was going to be to go out with this girl again. The case broke last fall. The news of the Tinder murder launched a burst of coverage regarding the safety of the dating app Tinder, which was quick to issue a statement, We are deeply saddened by this horrific tragedy. Our thoughts and our prayers are with the victim's family and the loved ones. And we are fully cooperating with law enforcement in this investigation. That's funny, because I've heard a lot of people uh, recently, too, that have been accused of sexually abuse and reporting it to Tinder or getting raped. And these people have met on Tinder. And Tinder was notified and has done absolutely zero to a system that is only why it has continued to go on is because the almighty dollar and the friend did say that it was um what she did tell her friend was to be careful because you can't trust people on dating apps 
and she asked for pictures of the person and she let other people know what you know where the date was going and where they were going to be if they were going to one house or the other or in public and advised it should always be in public and don't ever show your personal information or site to somebody until you're sure you're safe of you know with this person and that's because so many narcissists and killers will use that against you uh, if only to hurt you or to stalk you or kill you and the urban dating um, man was advising people to really take it easy stay safe until you really get to know somebody um, if you're it, you know that it is best to be cautious especially with somebody you meet online I know it's important to understand how easily the information you put out there can be used to research you and that's what narcissists do that's what narcissists do and that's why true's clues aficionados need to research clues and stay on top of this narcissist bullshit do they want to love bomb you? Do they make you feel like you're safe? And then when they get the opportunity to take advantage of you, oh boy, that date might not be such a good idea. Tinder-related murders have happened in the past. December 2016, a 26-year-old woman from Mexico went missing after having gone on several Tinder dates with a guy her age and I said several tender dates and then she went over to his house and was never seen again when they went to go investigate they found her bones and then they found her in a trash bag in his house he had dissolved her body in hydrochloric acid and when she had not agreed to have sex with him he got pissed off and he killed her and so, I don't know what was going on there, why he waited so long, but I guess once he got her in the house alone, he figured that she probably owed him, <clears throat> maybe bought dinner for her or whatever. And so, at um, eight in April, just as April, a man in Winnipeg, Canada, west of Jeff, two women, and then an 18-year-old boy, after connecting on Tinder, all three assailants are currently facing charges of robbery, assault, and extortion in 2014 in New Zealand. A woman, and that was the end of that one. This is a new case. In New Zealand, a woman fell off the balcony while allegedly trying to escape the violent advances of a man she met on Tinder, according to CNN. Prosecutors alleged that he choked and trapped her and was initially charged with manslaughter and acquitted in 2016. I remember hearing the women interview on how they want to visit a guy or how she went to go visit a guy and then they got along well. They went to a bar, they were having a good time and for some reason or another they decided to go to his apartment and they had drank at the bar but then they ended up going to his house and um that's where the, uh 
Tosti, the man, was giving the woman more alcohol. And she got really drunk and really upset and everything, and I guess ended up, uh, he ended up pushing her out on the balcony. She was trying to assault him because she thought he stole his phone or took his phone. She was throwing the decorative rocks at him, hit him with a piece of the um, telescope that he had, and it had blood on it. And he had recorded it because I guess he felt something weird was going on. So he used his phone to record the whole thing, which is what got him off of being accused of murder. And he eventually shoved her outside and said that he was going to open the door, carry her outside, not get her a chance to get like her bag or her coat or whatever. But she just needed to get out. But while she was, he was telling her that, she completely freaked out and ended up deciding to try to climb down the balcony and in the process, ended up falling and hit like 18 times on the way down. And then when he saw that, he became afraid. And he escaped the apartment through the driveway because he knew that the police, the ambulance, and the cops were all there. So he runs away and he goes walking around for a few hours, eat pizza, comes home. And then I guess, I don't know how they figured out it was him somehow, but then he came forward, told the police that he had it all on his phone, and ended up getting off. So the back to the Sydney Louvre case, um, when these people were picked up, they were trying to say that, you know, it wasn't a planned murder. They were just trying to get away from her somehow. Um, she had um, right away just gotten comfortable with them and when they tried to I don't know how it happened that what happened that they ended up fighting her or killing her I think they had it planned but I don't know what the circumstances was that caused them to actually murder her but they tried to claim that it was just an unplanned thing but then they found videotape of them at the hardware store buying all the things that they used to dismember her body so that went out the door. It took the jury less than four hours to arrive at the verdict of first-degree murder charge of conspiracy to commit ah, of conspiracy to commit murder and improper disposal of human remains. Boswell was found guilty. Former boyfriend and co-defendant Aubrey was found guilty of the same charges. Three judges will decide whether a trial should be sentenced to life in prison or sentenced to death. Together, Trial 52 and Boswell 25 stand accused of planning the kidnapping and murder of 24-year-old Sidney Loof. It reportedly occurred after Loof hooked up with Boswell on Tinder and met her in person November 15th. Following their encounter, Luf reported the woman also alleged that once they were in a cult. Trail gave them allowances, providing money for shopping, dinner, salons, appointments, and then she disappeared. Trail told them he strangled Luf with an electrical cord and they believe Boswell insisted in the killing along with the dismemberment after she reportedly told the court after sex, Trail and Boswell would talk about torturing and killing other animals. So I guess they decided to try it out on her. And uh, let's see. There was one more here. 
uh, they were trying to say that uh, she was wanting to have rough sex with them and that's what went wrong there that Bailey was innocent blah 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 but anyway all of that just went down the tubes and um, there was three women in their 20s that testified too that they had gone on Twitter dates with Bailey and Boswell each witness had said led to her having sex with both like what the hell because they were claiming he was daddy vampire they were cult and witches now I don't know how you get involved in that on tinder but I would have went running out I mean sex is one thing this craziness is completely a different thing witnesses also reported Boswell acted as queen witch well of course I mean what the hell they tried to say the death was rough sex and then they found a video of them shopping that's when that shit went out the door then there was a Virginia Tech case. I don't know what's up with Virginia Tech because there's been some crazy kind of murders that have happened up there in that college. A Virginia Tech player, football player, was indicted in a Tinder date beating death. And the article I seen was from October. A suspended Virginia Tech linebacker accused of fatally beating a Tinder match has been indicted on second-degree murder charges. And the, his name is Izzy Imanabad and was indicted by the grand jury. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And he was indicted. The hearing was scheduled for November 18th. Apparently, he had gone on a Tinder date with someone named Angie. And then returned later to make sure that his side piece was indeed a female. And he gained access to the apartment. He had gone down there with two of his friends. They waited outside. He went inside. And I don't know if he was getting romantic. Still thinking that um, Gary Smith was Angie. But then something made him start to question it either before he got there and went over there with his friends or went over there and thought he was going to get a little bit and then go back to his friends. Once he realized he wasn't with the female, he completely lost it. The kid was only 19 years old and beat and kicked the um, other person to death. And it was blunt force trauma that took this person's life. And now people have lost somebody that they cared about and this football player is in a whole lot of trouble and what could have been a promising career is probably over now and there's a certain part of the community that feels that if you look like a girl you should be treated like a girl but there's a larger part of the community that doesn't want to feel like they're being deceived I don't know that there's any easy answers on that one because that's been going on for a long time, but it's a dangerous thing um, when you choose to deceive a person, whether it's in that situation or any other one. And then, of course, the one uh, in Mexico. The last one is Grace and Rose Mullane. There is apparently going to be a, a docu-series that's going to be put about, about this one. And, and a British... Um, 
chores to discipline. A British person chose to discipline in Auckland, New Zealand, December 2018, with a 25-year-old man, Jesse Shane Kempson. And I guess they had been out on the Tinder before, too, and she thought it was going to be good if they went ahead and went out with each other. But he ended up being charged with her murder December 8th of 2018. Her body was found in the Walk of Ranges to the west of Auckland the following day. The camps and his name was suppressed by the New England courts, meaning that it would not be published. However, some people found out about it and published his name anyway. She had met him. She had recently graduated and wanted to go backpacking and have a good time before she settled down to real life. The parents became concerned when they hadn't heard back from her and her birthday came and went. Police initially said that there was no evidence of foul play, but laid their Evelyn's evidence that she was no longer alive once her body was found in the lane, of course. And then it turned out to be this weird old guy that she went camping with. And they knew that she was camping with this um, person. But they, you know, what could they do? The late girl was an adult. She could do what she wanted to. But that ended up costing her her life. And we went over the one with the Mexico and... Him getting mad because she didn't want to have sex with him. Warina Wright is the woman that was in Australia. She matched on Tinder with Gable Tosti. They ended up on a popular tourist night spot, Surfer's Paradise. The pair had met that night, August 7, 2014, after making contact on Tinder earlier. He told her, You look delicious. I want to do dirty things to you. He had wrote that to her earlier in their Tinder conversations. By the end of the date, Wright was read, was dead. Wright was dead. Having plunged 14 stories from the balcony of Tosti's apartment. Two years later, he is charged with murder. And us, he had, Wright had left to Australia to attend a friend's wedding as part of a two-weekend vacation that included skydiving in a hotel near where Tosti lived. A 199-minute recording made Tosti, which captured the fracturous, ultimately fatal chorus of the pair's evening, including the moment Wright fell to her death. You can find this recording if you look at it. It's kind of long. But that ending part will make your skin crawl. Having left the building via basement car park, but still in a state of fear and intimidation, she felt compelled to flee. When Wright's attempt to climb down the balcony went horribly awry, Tosti yells, Ow! Again, he's still laughing. Wright's speech starts to lose its coherence. She shouts, Forrest Gump. And this like weird disjoint, disjointed conversation just keeps going on between them. And that's when he finally 
um, starts saying, ow, ow, not funny, because that's when she's hitting him. And that's when he puts her outside, tells her you're not going to collect your belongings, you're just going to walk out. And she's on the other side freaking out. So they want to say that Tosti had choked right at some point in time outside of the conversation before he put her outside. He argues that that didn't happen. And when she did go outside, she totally freaked out and decided she needed to get away. Like I said, started climbing over the balcony. All of a sudden, the lady underneath them sees just these two feet dangling over the edge. She freaks out. And then the next thing, you know, the lady's gone. So when they go to court, that recording saved him. He ended up having to move and change his name because life was so difficult for him. He was so hated and despised. So after he changed his name, he's apparently walking through this hotel room. And he finds this little girl broken down and crying. And he goes to see what's wrong. The lady's, or the little girl's mom is locked in the bathroom threatening to commit suicide. When hotel management gets there, they ask him to leave abruptly. And they handle the situation. He goes on through life, I guess, extremely unhappy and finally moves back to Australia, changes his name back to Tosti, and guess what the fuck? He goes back out there and he posts on Tinder again. So there you go, ladies. Um, if you enjoy Tinder, find another way to get that lifestyle going on where people are checked out and vetted for personalities, background, and disease. So love you guys. I hope you're staying safe. Please pay attention to life's true clues around you and have a good evening.